Today on Let's Be Real, we are going to be covering the physical media report, the box office report, what seems to be a regular occurrence with live action remakes for Frozen, Tangled, Tarzan and Princess and the Frog. Deadpool 3 has finally been delayed. The first trailer for the Zone of Interest and our thoughts on that. We're going to be talking about Matthew Vaughn's thoughts on Star Wars and perhaps joining the DCU with James Gunn. And for our grand finale, we're going to be finishing off with the MCU having a soft reboot after Secret Wars. All right, people, welcome to another episode of Let's Be Real. I am your host, James, and I have the honor, the privilege to be joined by Nan. How are we doing, man? All good, mate. All good. Second live potty. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been good to have you back. I much prefer these in person. Uh, and not over Zoom, but we can only talk 40 minutes at a time. I liked it in Zoom. It was a lot more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's true. Don't worry. We'll get out of these seats at some point. We'll upgrade. Bring some lazy boys. <laughs> uh, we don't have Kyan with us today. I guess he's uh, celebrating the long weekend. I think, yeah, he's in Tauranga, actually. Is he? Yeah, and he yeah. took the bold risk of coming back today when there's going to be all the traffic coming back. Oh, no. Yeah. Is that I, why you came back yesterday? Yeah. 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 I was like, I can't be fucked sitting in traffic for a two and a half hour trip and it just ended up being five hours. Like, fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would that'd be a nightmare, especially after a long weekend. Yeah. But anyway, man, what have you been doing? What have you been watching? Anything Anything interesting? Nothing movie-wise. Nothing movie-wise? Nothing. TV-wise? No. Uh, no. I got up to episode six of Andor. Oh yeah, down there. Episode six was actually really good. I can, I think I can start to see where Kyan is, is coming from. Oh, is it starting to get really into it now? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Although I did find episode seven. Did I watch episode seven? Can't remember. Can't remember. Yeah. Episode seven. <laughs> episode six. I was. I found that quite an entertaining episode. Nice. Otherwise, I've yeah. just been watching sports. Had yeah. the fight yesterday. Volkanovski and Mark Shev. Yeah, absolutely killed him. Knocked Volkanovski out in yeah. like the first round, <laughs> and then also the Rugby World Cup that's been going on, South Africa All Blacks final. Yeah, next week should be good. I, I gotta say, man, it's been I think oh, like for me in the this Rugby World Cup, I've been the least interested in it in the last four. I just it's just boring. It's just South Africa and New Zealand. Like, there's no competition. I don't think that's how sports should really run. It's because the semi-finals and the finals was played in the quarterfinals. What do you mean? So the final yeah. or the two semifinals is playing the quarterfinal, you know? So who France, should be in the final then? Ireland and, I don't know, probably France. That way it's guaranteed someone new to win. Yeah, I just want someone <laughs> new to win. I, there just needs to be more competition. It, it's very easy to like read the tea leaves and just know where everyone is going to be. Yeah. And we saw like two weeks ago that, oh, yeah, it's going to be New Zealand and South Africa. Pretty much. They need to fix the pools first because that was a big talking point about how like the four best teams were literally on one side. Yes, in yeah, the they, knockout phase. They should like do the polls like really close to the time of the Rugby World Cup, so oh, they can sure. see where the levels are at and how good they are. Probably should. Yeah, I but I mean that's see. that's similar to um F one with Max Verstappen just winning it like, and we still got like seven races to go, you know. So it just gets boring because you already know he's won and stuff like that. Red Bull's already won as well. So yeah, well, oh, I love competition in sports. I don't like it when it's uh, runaway success. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I've been watching Loki halfway through that season now. I gotta say, it's pretty good. I think it's I think it's on par with season one. Is the third episode out? Yes, yeah, third episode's out. It's, it's really good. I might as well just wait another three weeks and watch it all at once. Yeah, I'd recommend watch it. We're gonna be reviewing that one, so watch on that. <laughs> just get ready for that. Get ready for the finale. It's building up to something good. I think it's just good because you know this has like implications to everything else in the MCU, and. The writing's good, and it also takes time with its characters and all that kind of stuff. So I'm really enjoying that. Um, just hopefully it can stick its landing um, after a good opening. I all caught up with Gen V. Um, we'll be watching those. Uh, we have early um, access uh, through Amazon Prime to watch the final episode, so I'm all caught up with that one. Really good show. Oh, De definitely get on have, to that. Haven't even watched the first episode. Yeah, yeah no, get on to that one. Um, I'll do a review on that in the next week, but I don't know when I'll be able to drop it because of embargoes, but really enjoying it, man. It is, it is very much like The Boys, but a refreshing take with different interesting characters. Oh. I've heard that it's like the Gen V season one will hand over to The Boys season four, and then season four will hand over to 
Gen V season two, which just got renewed. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, no, it, it, it's gonna be it, it's gonna be cool. Um, I haven't I haven't touched Andor for for a wee bit, but yeah, just been oh, I've been playing Spider Man two. Um, oh, how's that? Yeah, oh, it's so good, bro. I still it, need to get that. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> uh, probably probably one of the best games I've ever played. Do you see it as like the third highest rated uh, superhero game? Like yeah. it's alongside um, Arkham City and Asylum. So yeah, nah, man, yeah, it's it's, good things. it's very good. Get that OLED out. It's, oh, it's so beautiful. The action kind of sequences are just oh, they're just amazing and like so immersive. Yeah, really, really good game. But I'm coming to the end of the uh, story now, so it's like sad to it's going to be over soon. But yeah. I was going to get it today, but then I don't know. We'll see. Otherwise, I'll just wait till next pay and get it. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Get it before you get spoilers. Oh, and the the original take on uh, Venom so far, interesting. Oh, it's original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a it's a different new take that we haven't seen before, and it's yeah, it's interesting. I always find it like just so impressive how they can keep finding new ways to make Spider Man, and they just keep doing it, and it just keeps being great. Like, you know, wish Batman had that, but he doesn't. Just keeps getting worse with him. Oh, actually, no jokes. The Batman's there. Exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, lad. <laughs> Don't worry. Or uh, the Batman. In the DCU does not exist. It's just Christopher <laughs> Nolan and the Batman. Pretty much. And the Batman animated series. Yes. Uh, but I'll, I'll have that finished by, by next potty. So if you don't have it by then, I'll give you, give, give, give you my take. No, I'm pretty convinced if I finish on time, I'll head down to JB now and get it. <laughs> oh, really? yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Because my mate is also playing it. And yesterday he was just talking to me about it. I was like, oh my God, fuck, I need to get it. And then I've been yeah. seeing all the good stuff about it. Dude, about, yeah. About how it's like, not quite on Pi's Arkham City, but like Arkham Asylum type level. And I was like, that's a very good game in itself. So I was like, oh shit. Yeah, definitely, definitely one of the best of recent memory. It's like highly higher rated than like Red Dead Redemption. Or no, just under that or something. Yeah. One 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 of the best ever. Um, but yeah, anyway, we are going to dive into the action of this podcast. But we do want to hear from you guys. So slide into our DMs on Twitter with your suggestions or any topics you'd like us to cover. And who knows? and might just make it onto our show. Um, and also, support us by subscribing to our YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button, hit the little bell to never miss a beat from us, and support our endeavor as we come onto video. Sometime in the future, it will happen. Um, <laughs> any more content from us, just head over to moviegaz.com. That is your go-to source for our box office projections, our Oscar award season projections, everything physical media and a whole lot more you can find a link to all of this stuff in the description below shout out to you guys for including us in your day we appreciate it and we're here to entertain inform and provide bad movie recommendations so without further ado let's get to it so we're going to be doing a new segment uh called the physical media report we're just going to see uh how it goes if it resonates with anyone and uh if the time that we spend invested in this news if it's all worth it at the end of the day but we're just going to be covering um you know basically the latest biggest news of physical media mostly with a focus on uh 4k ultra hd uh we're not going to be covering dvds because who are you still buys them? who uses dvds <laughs> whoever still buys dvds is probably ready for a coffin i reckon <laughs> <laughs> no i respect anyone that buys buys dvds who knows they might be like vhs and they might like be worth a lot of money one day you never know vhs so oh, oh, they're worth quite a bit now um so if you have any look look to sell them but so some of the the key points here uh, Oppenheimer confirmed to come to 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray on November 21st. It's going to have three hours worth of bonus features and two different steelbooks will be available. And then you're, I think there's also going to be a Best Buy exclusive. So uh, get that while Best Buy uh, is selling them. Um, Steven Spielberg's The Color Purple and James Cameron's Titanic are getting the 4K treatment as well. So they'll be released on December 5. And check out the photo for the Titanic collector's set. It's just absolutely stacked with so much in there. So if you are a big fan of that movie, definitely look to get that one. Other notable 4K Ultra HD Blu-ray releases include Planet Earth 3 coming 8th of January 2024. Saw X 21st November. Blood Simple on January 9th 2024. Love Actually on December 6th. 
Varsity Blues on January 9th, 2024. Train Spotting on January 30th, 2024. And the big news Thor Love and Thunder No Disc Steelbook is coming 10th November. So, Nan, I know you're going to get the Steelbook, but any of these uh, interest you? Anything interesting about them? Yeah, you are right. I'm going to get the Thor and Love and Thunder Steelbook with no disc because, you know, that's just awesome. That's fucking stupid. <laughs> My goodness. Why would you, why would anyone buy a Steelbook with no disc in it? It's just, I mean, there's people out there that's probably going to go buy it. And well, yeah, we've <laughs> seen all those photos where that's like, oh, here are my uh, 20 Iron Man 4K things. And it's like all these different like things. I'm like, why would you buy four, like 20 of them? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least those 20 have disc in it. Why would you buy something like the whole point? <laughs> Maybe they did what we did or what we do, which we capitalize on those very good, um, you know, cheap discs. And then they see this and like, oh, I kind of want to upgrade for that. We've always, we've bought like really cheap discs when we can. And then we're like, oh, I kind of wanted like the steel book. Or the, yeah. So perhaps, but then you're kind of losing money at that point. Exactly. Yeah. We're idiots because we lost money for that. But I just don't see the point in selling physical media with no disc because the whole point of physical media is that disc. Uh-huh. I mean, otherwise you're just buying a container and who wants a container? Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Oppenheimer, yeah, I'll definitely get in that. Um, yep. As will you. Both mm-hmm. still book. Um, I've had everyone in Nolan's and I'm pretty sure you have. Yeah, of course. Yep. You have all of Nolan's? In Steelbook, yeah. Except for the prestige. Uh, I don't I don't have everything in uh oh because I, I got his like 4K collection. Oh, yeah. And then I, I think I got Inception. Yeah, you got a lot of Nolan Steelbook. I I think I only have Inception. Yeah. Because I don't even have Tenet in Steelbook. But you have Tenet though, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I'll definitely get in that. Three hours worth of content. So looks like it's going to be a six hour marathon, one for the movie, one for the content. <laughs> yeah. um, Titanic, I think that's the biggest news of this week for physical media is that it's finally getting a um, 4K treatment. Yeah. Um, good. I think a lot of people would really want that. We know that it's been coming on cinemas in 4K recently over the past couple of years. Yeah. Um, so now that they're finally doing a physical media for it, all those Titanic. Fanatics will finally get to add that to the collection mm-hmm. once that's good. Color Purple, haven't seen it, so I can't quite comment on that one. But yeah. yeah. Um, as for the rest, it doesn't really interest me that much. Mm-hmm. Um, I know, I think you have one of the Planet Earths. Was it Planet Earth 2? Planet Earth 2, yeah. They're very expensive, so I'll yeah. get Planet Earth 1 when, I, when it's cheaper. Yeah, I know those are beautiful on um, yeah. OLEDs and stuff, but yeah, none of these movies really interest me for. For it to add to my collection, but yeah, I think the main one will be Oppenheimer, and I'll probably have a think about Titanic as well. Yeah, man, you gotta get Titanic. It is a it is a classic. It's in the top five highest grossing films of all time. <laughs> you gotta have that whole list, man. Um, no, I'll definitely be getting Titanic. I'll think about Oppenheimer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely definitely be getting Oppenheimer, no doubt about it. Uh, Steven Spielberg's Color Purple. I'm gonna watch the Color Purple before the Color Purple, the new one, comes out. Because Steven Spielberg's one got nominated for, I think, 11 or 12 Oscars. Didn't win any. Um, but it's clearly good. So I'll give it a watch. And if I do like it that much and it looks beautiful enough, then, yeah, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i probably invest in that disc when I get the chance. Uh, otherwise, Planet Earth 3 will probably debut at like $70 NZD, which is quite a bit for us. So probably not immediately, but... You Def- can, definitely in the future. You can get a whole box set of a film for that amount. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just, I think TV, TV shows are always like way more expensive Yeah, um, because they're a lot longer, obviously. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll wait on that one. This, I've like kind of paused on buying stuff lately uh, just with all the money stuff happening at the moment. So when I get back onto the train, I have a lot more to catch up on. So from this list, yeah, it's really only Oppenheimer and Titanic that I'll definitely be getting at this point. Uh, yeah, but we're going to move on now to some box office results. So at number one was Taylor Swift, The Era's Tour Movie, uh, which dropped 66.6% for uh, to $31 million for the weekend and for a total of $129.8 million. Killers of the Flower, Mo- Ma- uh, Flower Moon debuts at number two with $23 million. 
At number three, we got the Exorcist Believer, dropped 49% to 5.6 million for the weekend, and with a total of 54.2 million. At number four, yeah. <laughs> we got Paw Patrol, the Mighty Movie, drops 35.4% to 4.45 million for a total of 56 million. And at number five, we got the 30th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas, which debuts at 4.1 million. And I know Nan's going to be happy about that because he has ordered the 4K to come to his house. I have, yeah. yes. And it does make me happy that an old movie like this, especially in Claymation as well, uh-huh. reaches number five after 30 top years. five, yeah. Yeah, that's really good for a 30, like, because not many people are into that Claymation sort of style film. Uh-huh. Um, I guess it's maybe because it's a classic is why people went and saw it. So, yeah, that's yeah. great on it. And I can't wait for that 4K to come so I can uh-huh. watch it. Poor Patrol, how good. <laughs> oh, yeah, you went here on the podcast where uh, it was me and Kyan and it was the box office results and the, there was like a three-way uh, between that, The Exorcist, and something else. Or I think Sort X or something. And it bit them all. Yeah. And we, yeah, we, we were like laughing about it. <laughs> the power of kindy kids, eh? Yeah. Um, Taylor Swift, 66% drop um, for $31 million. It only released them during weekends, eh? Yep. Yeah. Well, it's pretty bad if you think about it. It's mm. just for if it only um, opened during the weekends and had that big of a drop. Goes to show that the interest is slowly starting to yeah. die out, and maybe the first two weeks is full of Swifties going to see it, and pretty much after that, it's just going to die. Yeah, I think everyone's been scared to go see it, like outside of Taylor Swift fans. I don't know if you've seen videos of screenings and that, but there's people in like. They go down to the bottom in circles and they're jumping around singing. I've, I've seen that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. And there's like, oh, How there's just so much commotion. I've seen lots in cinemas. I've seen lots of videos of what happens in cinemas. <laughs> I've seen like, you know, MCU movies. Someone does a backflip. What was it? Fireworks and an Indian screening um, for Endgame or something yeah. like that. I don't th- I um, think that's the best. Yeah, <laughs> that is the best. Um, but yeah, t- Taylor Swift, everyone's screaming and jumping around. Um, you're going to go watch a movie. You're going to avoid that one. Yeah. If yeah. someone did that on my movie, I'll throw my can of Coke at them. Eh? Can of Coke? I don't know. I'll buy a can of Coke so it hurts some more. Oh, Tell them to sit down. <laughs> sit down and watch a movie. Well, Killers of the... <laughs> tie this man up in screenings. <laughs> <laughs> Killers of the Fowl, man, with 23 million. That's not too bad mm. um, for a three-hour, three-and-a-half-hour almost. Um, yeah. Martin Scorsese film. That's um, probably a bit more than what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's pretty good. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. it's more of a critical sort of movie rather than a, you know, blockbuster box office sort of machine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to attract an audience. I mean, you're going to have, uh, you know, Leonardo, De Niro, even Scorsese to a bit, really attracting people to those seats. But outside of that, it's not really a story that's going to capture casual audiences and all that. Uh, So I think 23 million, it's pretty good. I know it was tracking between 20 and 30. I suspect it would be more on the high end, but for three hours and 26 minutes, it's like, it's respectable to get that figure, even though we've seen stuff like Avatar, Endgame, Return of the King, all breaking billions of dollars, despite being over that three-hour mark substantially. So I don't think the runtime has a huge effect, but yeah, it's it's a decent one. Uh, Who knows how Apple uh, slash Paramount is really going to handle this movie because it was meant to have that know limited opening in cinemas and then just push on to streaming so but the apple's apparently committed to the theatrical thing so hopefully it's very small drop for this um but i it does does hurt to have taylor swift beating it on its opening (laughs) weekend i must say uh um but something else that hurts is uh live action remakes and uh we're shifting our attention to disney because we keep hearing about this and it might be a segment where I get a little bit heated because I'm. It's just. Oh, it's just so. Get ready for another fiery podcast <laughs> snippet on TikTok, people. It's going to be a good one. No, I can. I'll hold. I'll hold it in for this one. Um, but yeah, no, we have some live action news. We, we've heard about little droplets from uh, insiders about these live action things, but we've gone to some confirmation now. So, Frozen, Princess and the Frog, Tangled, and Tarzan. We'll be getting the live action treatment. We obviously know that Tarzan already had it before. Um, and Moana, that live action one is coming as well. So, yeah, 
we've had all not all but like a lot of the old classic disney movies getting their live action treatment now we're getting newly released disney movies live action treatment what's what's your takeaway on this yeah the most the newest one would be moana right that came out in 2016 depends if you consider frozen too but yeah frozen yeah yeah otherwise Mm -hmm. the rest is like very early 2000s sort of time except for tarzan princess and the frogs 2009? Yeah, 2009. Yeah, and Tangled's 2011, 10? 10, yeah. Yeah. And Frozen 2012. The only one that I would be interested in in this is Tarzan. I know we have like live action Tarzans, but it never really told a story off. It was the one with uh, Skarsgård and yeah. Robbie. Yeah. yeah. But that was never really like, you know, telling the Disney story version of it. Oh, yeah, it, was um, try- it was like a diff- trying to do a different take, eh? Yeah. yeah. So I think that's probably the only interesting one that mm-hmm. I'll be interested in and probably looking forward to yeah. take that with the loosest terms ever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Most anticipated. <laughs> uh, who knows? Depending, but I think that's the one that has the most potential. Cause you know, you got human characters and then mm-hmm. if you just do the animals like you did in jungle book, um, then you should be sweet, you know, cause then you're not just completely relying on the animals to carry a movie. You also have the, human mm. element of that film as well. What about all these other movies that have yeah, I'm a, human I'm about leads? To, I'm, get into that. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Frozen, I think it's a bit too early for that. I mean, there's, there's still Frozen 3 is in development. Like, wouldn't yeah. you rather tell the story of Frozen in a- animation form and then get to this? <laughs> um, stupid in my eyes, but that's probably one that could work. Um, mm-hmm. I'd love to see a live action Olaf just to see how horrendous it is. <laughs> Um, cause yeah, it's a snowman <laughs> tangled. I guess it could be done in live action. There's the only mm. really animal component to that is the little chameleon thing. Um, yeah. that probably has as much potential as, mm-hmm. um, Tarzan would just don't cast Zachary Levi, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, princess and the frog, that'll be crack up. I'd love to see someone make out with an actual frog. Cause that'll just be funny. It would just be a green screen like object that they're kissing. <laughs> I know, I know. It would just be so bizarre, like this human, like falling in love with like a either a real frog if they use that, or like just a green screen. Just get Nolan to direct it, then it would be a real frog. That'll be your top ten. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it would be yours as well. <laughs> I would be very interested, but yeah. But yeah, I think I'm, I'll rank these in terms of my anticipation for them. Okay, it'll probably. Be Tarzan, Tangled, Princess and the Frog. Do I need to include Moana? Yeah, throw Moana to the mix there. Hmm. Ooh, he's got to rearrange it now. No, it's just probably Frozen and Moana. Moana's just too soon. So Moana's at the very end? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, I would probably go. I'd go something similar. See, I love Tangled. Um, how it can work in... Live action, I think it's pretty easy. It's just probably getting the hair right. Is yeah. I I don't know how that can really work visually. Wigs on wigs on wigs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but I think it'll just be probably just be CGI'd. Yeah, messy. And if it's CGI, you could probably tell. And it's just ugh. um, if they can get that right, I think and make that visually look okay, then I think that probably has the most potential. Um, but yeah, it really depends on how closely they're going to follow the previous one. Frozen, I guess it does have potential, and I always knew we were going to get a live action thing, but I didn't think we'd be getting it when they're currently, you know, having sequels and even the podcast series. You're just going to confuse people by having a live action animated version of uh, Frozen, especially if they're telling the exact same story. Yeah, Um, it's it's just lazy, and you probably shouldn't do it. Moana, oh, live action Moana, just make Moana too. Like, why? Um, With the rock. Turn. Yeah, yeah. I just, I got a feeling that it's just Dwayne Johnson. He's the one pitching this and be like, no, we need to do this. We have to, everyone wants this. He has to yeah. because he is literally starring in it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, well, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll do a live action on We'll cast, we'll cast um, some people. And he's like, no, no, no. I'm the one that needs to, be, I need to be in that. I need to be in that. They'll probably make him the main character or something. Um, yeah. It's going to be a Maui. Maui. Yeah. yeah. So it's going to be Maui. Because I think the the girl who voiced um, Moana, she was meant to be playing Moana, but I think she, I think she's dropped out for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
In terms of my my ranking, my most anticipated, I rank them in terms of least anticipated. <laughs> uh, no, nah, but most anticipated, I would probably go Tangled if they can make that work. Uh, Princess and the Frog second, Tarzan third, mainly because you know the human characters. I think it can has more of a chance to work, yeah. but it's not really a story of Disney's that uh, is in. It's not one of the greats or one of the yeah. the recent good ones. Um, Yeah, then I'll probably stick with you, man. Uh, Frozen and then Moana. It's just yeah. too soon for Moana. It's too soon for both, really. Yeah. It's so annoying. Um, another thing that is annoying, though, is Deadpool 3 and its <laughs> release date. Oh, me and Nan have uh, previously been very, um, I guess, no, I'm not going to say aggressive, but very frustrated <laughs> at the Deadpool 3 release date. And that is because. Um, it switched with Captain America, Brave New World. Uh, and we didn't know why since Brave New World had already started filming. At that point, Deadpool 3 hadn't started. Now Captain America's finished filming and Deadpool 3 is half done. Exactly. So, yeah, apparently it's not going to be making its May 3rd release date, thankfully, even if the strikes end in the next few weeks. And yeah, that's because it's only done half of filming. Now, the sources that reported this information said that is a long shot, but it is uh, possible that Captain America Brave New World could move back to that release date as filming has finished already for it. So, I mean, perhaps Marvel Executive has listened to this podcast and been like, oh, they actually have a good point about switching them back since, you know, we've filmed one and we haven't filmed the other. Uh, my theory is that Deadpool 3. They wanted Deadpool 3 to have that May one, that May slot so badly because it's like their big summer movie. It's, yeah. it's going to be massive in terms of what's in this movie and the popularity and the box office, all that kind of stuff plays into it. And so I think they were just really adamant to try and keep it. But we could be looking at a situation where they don't have that May, that early May slot for the first time in, I guess, would it be 13, 14 years by that point, which is. Pretty major. They could lose it up to a major franchise if they want to. Um, if the franchise wants to move up and try and own that spot, don't, yeah. don't know if it could. But yeah, uh, what are your takeaways? Were we right with this one? Hundred percent, we were right. I mean, anyone says that we're wrong, just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no point rush <clears throat> rushing to make half a film in six, four, five-ish months. Mm. You know, I yeah. mean. No matter how big or awesome the cameos might be or the significance for this in MCU, if it's significant in the MCU's future, then you want to delay this as much as possible to get everything right. Yep. And we, if you have Captain America, that's pretty much done, ready to go, hit the shelves, might as well move it up. And then there's always that holiday release that they can release this in. That's another big time for them. Mm -hmm. You can just delay it till the end of the end of next year and boom, reap those rewards. Yeah. And then if it's as good as like, you know, Deadpool 1 and other MCU stuff and it's like very significant to um, the next two Avengers movies, then obviously you'll have those diehard fans come in, casual fans come in to see what's finally been set up for yeah. the next saga of the MCU. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just delay it till that holiday season, I reckon, move up Captain America and boom, you're good. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because usually with the stuff, us in New Zealand, we usually get, um, you know, those Marvel movies around you know, that kind of the last week of April, that's yeah. in six months. And usually in that six-month window, you have a trailer, and they're not going to have a trailer for a movie that's only half completed. You know, I, and when I say half completed, I mean filming. I don't mean editing um, or the, the post-filming uh, dialogue, visual effects, all that kind of stuff. There's still so much they need to do. Yeah, There's no – and if they do do it, man, we, we are going to have a level of the flash in terms of visual effects where – it's not going to be clean. It's not going to be polished. And it's just going to be rushed. And yeah, you, you, you said it perfectly, dude. Like, we can't rush a movie that apparently has so much importance for the MCU. Polish it up. In terms of Captain America, that should go to its May 3rd spot if yeah. it's all on track and all working well. And um, I don't really know why it moved to begin with, um, other than the theory I stated earlier. But yeah, I think Captain America needs to... Uh, needs to go up and switch with Deadpool. And 
I don't, I don't really have much to say on Captain America or if it's people are really excited for it. But in this case, yeah, you, you need to need to move it and just hope that Captain America is good and you have time to polish that one up. But yeah, anyway, we're going to move on to uh, some good news about a good movie and that is The Zone of Interest. And the first trailer for that one um, had dropped over the last week. So this movie has 93% on Rotten Tomatoes with 100 reviews and the average rating is 8.7 out of 10. It is 95 on Metacritic, which is third of the year. And that's a hit off stuff like Past Lives, Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon. The two in front is a movie that has like four reviews. And then the other one is a documentary. Uh, so Nane, you've seen the trailer. You know the Oscar prospects for this and um, how well it's being received. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on it? Yeah. For the people that don't know or want to know what it's about, it's about a Nazi commander trying to build his dream life for his fam family near the Auschwitz concentration camp. So intriguing <laughs> stuff there. <Yeah. laughs> and the fact that it's getting the this good um, reviews definitely has us excited when it mm -hmm. first came out. Um, that trailer, it didn't really say or do much. It was just mainly score mm -hmm. with like title cards throughout and then we just saw snippets of the film yeah i think that's a great way to market a film you know yeah less is more at the end of the day in marketing mm -hmm. and that definitely did it i think we discussed it previously um off off mic mm -hmm. off air <laughs> <laughs> both work <laughs> yeah um that the score is going to be absolutely stunning for this film and if what they had in the trailer is the actual score i think it could be top 10 scores um for you and I potentially. So I'm really excited for that aspect as well. Yeah. Um, as for the rest, we don't know, we know briefly in that like sentence I just said about what the film is about, but we don't know mm -hmm. um, exactly how nitty gritty it's going to be just based on the trailer. It looks like as if it's going to really hone in on the family aspect mm -hmm. of it all rather than yeah. the war aspect, which is nice and probably seeing the um, struggle between, this is me assuming by the way, it yeah. could, could be right, could be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it could be like the struggle of the wife trying to question why the husband is trying to set their life near this concentration camp. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously it might create tension for them. That's probably yeah. something I'd like to see in this film. If I'm right, who knows? If I'm wrong, yeah, sounds more, more right. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll probably get it next year, unfortunately, for us in New Zealand. Yeah. If at all, but yeah. Yeah, we, we are. Uh, 22nd of February. Oh, my God. <sighs> you guys don't know the struggle we live down here, right? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's a true, true struggle. You know, we get, we get some good stuff in New Zealand, and we're usually on time with a lot of things. But when it comes to Oscar season and Oscar-related movies, we get it at the most stupidest of times. That means we're going to have to go through, you know, all these award shows that – we've never seen this movie and it, it's very hard for me when I write content on Oscar projections. If I haven't seen the movie, if I know the movie, then I have a little bit better of an understanding. So oh, it's just going to be frustrating. And this is why mm. our top tens come out in like April to June. Yeah, exactly. This is why we have to wait. So if you think we've got a late one, I think this year we'll do, uh, we'll do one kind of at the, the end of the year or start of next year. And then we might do an updated one once we get the full rollout of things. Um, but hopefully our streaming services come in clutch and uh, give us a little bit of an early thing there. Hopefully, but hopefully, maybe a bit of a long shot. Um, but yeah, man, I'm right on board with you. That that score uh, immediately got me like hooked. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is exactly uh, the kind of sound I'm looking for for something that has that uh, synopsis that you just read out. Uh, you know, you you look at the 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 title cards or or the words that are in between all the shots in the movie, and it's just it's a very interesting uh plot. It's it's telling you it's about um trying to you know ha have the best for your family and thinking you have the like you deserve the best in life, and it's all taking place near this uh, concentration camp where like some of the cruelest things in the history of the world have ever happened. Yep. Um. And how they're gonna portray, uh, you know, a, a commander off that concentration camp, because you know, raising a family and all that stuff—it's it's a very beautiful uh, thing and something I guess most people aspire to have is you know, raising a family and having a happy life, wife, kids, or all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's gonna be showing one of the most beautiful things in life near 
or like right beside one of the worst things that have ever happened in our history. How how they're gonna or like how the director can portray that and not make them completely sympathetic, but put the sympathetic angle on something and really challenge the viewer. I'm very intrigued and I really hope it works. I mean, the the Oscar prospects for this are very real and the reception is very good. So I'm very much looking forward to this. It's got to be one of my most anticipated uh, heading in for the rest of the year or I guess for the start of next year for us. Um, but yeah, very high on my anticipation along with some like poor things. Do we get um, that same time as well? No, I'm pretty sure we, I'm pretty sure we get poor things early. Uh, I saw today that we got we're getting a salt burn in a couple of weeks. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, let me see. Oh yes, first of January, twenty twenty four. What a way to start New Year's. We'll get it before. We'll have the screening before Christmas because studios they show all their movies in that time period for yeah. holiday season before that. So we'll get a nice early screening on that one. Um and. Yeah, we'll be able to have, we'll be able to see that one before all these shows, all the award shows and all that stuff happens, um, which we'll be covering quite closely here. But we'll move on now to Matthew Vaughn. If you don't know Matthew Vaughn, he is a director and he's directed uh, Kick-Ass, X-Men First Class, the Kingsman films, including The King's Man. And um, next, early next year, we got Argyle on the way from him. Uh, so recently, uh, he's talked about two massive things that I want to cover here, but we'll do it one by one. So he's spoken to James Gunn um, about the MCU and to which he just said, never say never at the moment. I'm enjoying creating my own things. The franchise is in the best hands. So let's see what happens. So he's not ruling it out. And I know that he's been, he was very uh, interested in doing something Superman based around the time of Man of Steel releasing. Uh, but I guess what we can mostly judge, you haven't seen the Argyle trailer, but you, it's very Kingsman-like. Yeah. And so I, th- I think that's where his style is really heading towards. What DC property would suit that kind of direction from Matthew Vaughan, do you think? Um, well, I think he's been teed up for the authority, which is pretty much like a, even though the Suicide Squad is like a B-level, it's like a b uh, Beer level, yeah, and then like CD level sort of anti-hero group. Um, so if he has been eyed up for that, I think he could make this sort of style work. You know, mm-hmm. with like these minnow sort of characters just creating chaos, trying to work as a team. Yeah, um, more disruptive than Suicide Squad. Other than that, I can't. Nothing's coming to mind right now with that sort of style. Because mm-hmm. it's very uh, similar to James Gunner. Uh, yeah. In terms of the Suicide Squad, that's what I would imagine. Especially if you got the R rating, of course. Yeah. What he, what Matthew Vaughn would do would be very similar to what Gunn did with the Suicide Squad. Yeah. In I, my I, opinion, I would like yeah. to see him in DC. I think there's properties out there. None's none has come to my mind at the moment. Yeah. That he'll actually be able to do good with. I think because he, he's done X Men, which is like a group sort of film. That and, was a good movie as well. Yeah. Yeah. And Kick Ass, which is you know somewhat of a group film. You had mm-hmm. multiple characters in that. I think a film mate or a property that he'll be good with is more of those characters, you know, have mm-hmm. more characters and it'll be great with that. I don't think he we can give him like Green Lantern and just have him focus on one character because we haven't quite seen that from him. He might be able to do a great job of it. Isn't it Green Lantern Corpse? Yeah, I'm just focusing on. Oh, on. right. Yep. Yeah, but okay. Uh, the Flash then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Flash, you know, like mm-hmm. we haven't quite seen enough of his work where he's just focused solely on one character. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always been multiple. So I think that's probably why the authority would fit his film style and probably why he's been eyed up for it as well. Interesting. Because I was going to say the flash would be a good one for him. Um, not carrying on the flash of Ezra Miller, but just creating his own new thing. Yeah. Um, it, it could really depend on, on how you do it. If you take, uh, what the show did and have that flash, he's not oh, yeah. like the first flash because you know, there's all those other versions of it. So you could make it a group thing. If we're just focusing on the main character, similar to how they did, um, What's his name? Uh, Taron Egerton's character in uh, Kingsman. Oh, yeah. yeah he's like the main Exy. character. Yeah, Exy, yeah. Um, so you could make it work in that way. Um, I just think Matthew Vaughn could provide 
a more of a, a fun approach to Flash, and I think Flash is meant to be yeah a little bit more more fun, but yeah. not cringe and talk about low blood sugar and and make dumb jokes like that, like he or, did in Justice League, or have his teeth fall out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or just just all of that stuff. So I think he would provide a little bit of a a fun aspect, and I think on the visual style he could make it quite creative. I don't think they nailed the visual style very well with the Flash. Um, his running style for one has always been something that's just bothered me. Oh, um, me too. And just the lightning that goes everywhere, everywhere. It's just, uh, it's just a little bit too much to know what's happening. So I think he could really nail that one. Otherwise I was going to say Green Lantern Corp. So you said the exact ones that he shouldn't do is the ones that I think he should do. I don't know. For Green Lantern, I said it's a particular like, Character. What character, not right. the court. Like this solo movie kind of thing. So, yes. Right. Yeah. But I mean, I don't disagree with you in terms of how I mean, like, um, you know, like minor characters that we haven't really seen before in a kind of fun and fresh way. I just think he would really excel at that. I didn't think of that before. Uh, jumping onto the potty here. So, yeah, I think, I think there's lots of room for him to fit. But if you're going to have a character, I guess, show like more of a darker side and have you know kind of like the anti-mcu where everything's kind of dark and broody i don't think matthew vaughn's quite the right fit there but he can definitely excel in the other projects where it's kind of like i wouldn't throw him into a swamp thing which is meant to be like a horror film you know but isn't mango directing that he is yeah. yeah 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 which is a great pick um so yeah but matthew vaughn and dc i would welcome that any day yeah Seems like James Gunn's, he's trying to get some really good directors behind on these projects. And I feel as him as a director, he's like pulling in his his boys, you know, to come help him, which is pretty cool. And obviously we're going to see more content from these fantastic directors, you know. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, But I'm still still not completely on board with DCU yet. (laughs) I need to see it this time. Just lay out, start Superman Legacy and then I'll just see. Where I'm at the DC, I'm not gonna put all my hopes and dreams into it like I did when I saw Batman vs Superman being announced. I just, oh, I was so excited. I don't think I've ever been more hyped for a movie still than that. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, like that period of getting late March, early May, Civil War and Batman vs Superman, because you know Spider Man's my favorite like character and coming into the MCU for the first time, just. The anticipation during those few months, it was just insanely high. And Batman vs. Superman absolutely destroyed me with how average it was. Um, it wasn't average, mate. Yeah. It was, oh. But we moved on for that. I'm sure James Gunn can do a little bit better. Uh, move on to the next thing that uh, Matthew Vaughn had recently said. And basically, uh, you can't hear that. That's the car moving. Um, but yeah, anyway, Matthew Vaughn believes that Star Wars should be rebooted with focus on the Skywalker family. He said he'd want to remake the original films with a new cast. Um, so I'll ask you a two-parter question here. Would you welcome a reboot to Star Wars? The, we'll break it down in terms of the original trilogy, sequel trilogy, and prequel trilogy. Um, would you welcome... A reboot, and if so, just the originals, the whole saga, start to finish? That's a loaded question, isn't it? It is, yeah. But it's, it's one that we don't talk about because, no. again, yeah. I, I think, think it's, I think in the actual article, if people read it, he does justify what his comments. He's saying that mm-hmm. there's all these other films with a particular character that constantly gets rebooted. Why can't that work for Sky, um, Luke Skywalker? Yeah. So from that aspect, I can sort of see that uh-huh. vision but if you look at iron man yeah he created the mcu but that's a character that can easily be recast but with luke skywalker he it literally changed the game of cinema like sci-fi cinema yeah um with the original trilogy and stuff mm-hmm. like that so i think it's a little bit more harder um to yeah. do that in um it probably could work but then you're just gonna constantly get compared to the original trilogies and stuff like that yeah i think if they did it for the sequel trilogy could work you know Mm because there was a lot of balls dropped during that those three movies um if (laughs) if they could like tweak it a bit to you know give the audience or what actually should have been done yeah still kept it you know the same then Mm -hmm. maybe it could work but yeah it's i think star wars is probably one that should just be left alone should probably 
mm-hmm. just don't reboot it. Just tell other stories because there's so many other stories in this that people don't know about, which is just as good, if not better, than the Skywalker saga. Yeah, yeah. I think that's very true, and I think that's why we haven't – there's been no really discussion of a reboot yet. It's because there's just so much in this universe that is unexplored, and so there's so many properties that can be created and, and shows and movies to tell different stories and you know explore different characters. But I'm not fully against uh, his opinions. I I thought about it and you know, I don't like um you know those things being rebooted but and I've always thought that the three things that you can't reboot are Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings and Star Wars just because they've become they're just such you know I'm not going to say masterpieces but they're just so iconic and embedded in, in pop culture in a way that not many franchises have done so to reboot them would be like it would be a very weird viewing experience i know watching the harry potter series i'm gonna be like i just i can't get around i can't wrap my head around someone else playing harry potter or a different theme or the look of hogwarts being different it would just be it's just gonna be so weird and but if you're gonna do that then fuck it do star wars like i mean you might as well do it give it a go and have a plan it's, if you really think about the you know Star Wars one to nine, most of it's worse than good, or most of it's bad than good. Yeah, you have a chance to rectify that. Like, how many good movies are in the entire Star Wars thing? Revenge of the Sith is okay. It's awesome in terms of you know the fight sequences and all the stuff that we love Star Wars wise. But in terms of the story, it's, it's pretty fine. Some cringe lines in there and all that kind of stuff. And then you got the fourth one, which is good. I think it can be improved upon. Five is amazing. Six is good, but has its problems. Seven is a carbon copy, but good. Eight looks nice, but what were you doing with the story there? And then nine was just panic mode. Like, <laughs> and the first one was just all politics um, in Star Wars universe. And it was just like, and two, I don't even know what two was. It was just some boring thing, stuff about sand and picnics. I don't know. Two, two is by far the worst. Yeah, I hate two. Like, there's so much bad in there. Like, if we, if there's one that can be improved out of the three things that I mentioned cannot be rebooted, Star Wars is the one that needs it the most. Because all the Lord of the Rings are amazing. Yes. Yeah, and I don't think you can improve on that, even as someone who's not really a fan of it. I don't know how you can improve on Harry Potter. You can improve on the stories a bit, but maybe more the characters. Yeah, and the but house in, culture in terms of the the technical side of it and the the casting, you can't. I think Star Wars is the one that has the most room for improvement. So, I don't think it should be rebooted. But if if you're gonna if we're gonna reboot all this other stuff, well, who cares? Might as well reboot Star Wars and see what happens. You know, yeah. Um, the next question I was going to ask about that one, Matthew Vaughn. If you would, you want him to? Would he be a, a right fit to uh, helm the Star Wars reboot if it was to happen? I don't know. It would definitely be one out of his comfort zone because he doesn't do sci-fi that often. Mm. Um, so it'll be one that I'd be very inter- interested in for yeah. sure, just to see how he tackles it. Um, and if there's these vast characters and if we can put a Kingsman sort of style spin to it, but with the Star Wars vibe, I think that'd be very, very interesting. I think mm. we'd have done awesome for Rogue One, you know, bringing that sort the of group, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> bringing that sort of like Kingsman style to like the Rogue One sort of dynamic. And mm-hmm. I think that would have been really, really entertaining to watch. Yeah. Now, I don't know if it'd be good. Um, I didn't say good. I said entertaining to watch. Yeah, yeah, def- definitely entertaining. His, his work as a director, he's very good at making things entertaining and fun. Yeah. So I know he'll nail that aspect. In terms of character exploration and all that stuff, that's the one where I'd be like, I'd have questions about, but I don't really doubt his ability to do it. But I think there are very, um, very few directors that would uh, take on rebooting the original Star Wars trilogy. <laughs> uh, kudos to you if you do it. Not because you can't improve it. I absolutely believe that you can. Most things can be improved. It's what you're going to get from uh, the fans. fandom. Yeah, the, the fans are, the fans will just go ballistic. Like, you already see with, like, you know, the, these really intense fans with, like, DC, Marvel, and uh, Star Wars. They're, they're very, 
Yeah, different, yeah, different breed of human. They they are very a different breed of human. I think DC is the the worst fans so. though. Yes, we're talking about you, Snyder people. <laughs> mostly, <laughs> most just those extremist fans. A, lo- a lot of these fan bases are really really cool people though. Uh, but we're going to move on to one of those fandoms, MCU. <laughs> so we're back to the MCU. We're talking about that. Uh, recently, a book came out called MCU, The Reign of Marvel Studios. And author Joanna Robinson has a quote from Feige that suggests the MCU will be re- rebooted with Secret Wars. Now, this adds weight to what we've been hearing over the last couple of months from uh, leaks and insiders basically saying, yeah, that Secret Wars is going to be a soft reboot and we're going to have an all-different, all-new Marvel after after Avengers 6, which is Secret Wars. So the quote is, Feige had to learn different lessons from the comics, how superheroes periodically needed to be rebooted, how to stop variants and spinoffs from spiraling out of control, and how an annual mega crossover, crossover event could unify a disparate line of characters. So you take all that information and you see how the MCU is on, how the state of the MCU is today in terms of quality. It was very solid, those first three phases, and now we're starting to see the cracks. We're starting to see things come out of control. Too many projects, too many characters, variants all over the place. What do you think of this? Is this the right approach for the MCU? And it's after this... Saga? Multiverse saga? Depends how much content's coming out. Mm. If it's the same as four, phase four, five, six, and seven, six, yeah. whatever, then no, it's just, you're just going to get more of the same, really, you know, mm-hmm. but just with a different sort of refreshing take to it, probably different characters. Yeah. If they're going to strip it all the way down, maybe two shows a year and three movies a year building up towards a phase and then building, having that phase we're up to, another phase with the bigger goal at the end, then sure, yes, it will definitely work. Mm-hmm. But for now, that it just seems like as if they're going phase for phase right now, and I feel if they do reboot it, that's exactly what they're going to do until they can figure out what story they want to tell. Yeah. Um, I don't think the MCU should be rebooted with the X-Men coming in. You know, you've got X-Men vs. Avengers there. That mm-hmm. is a big film. They'll make them a whole lot of money if done right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a bit too early to reboot in that sense. Um, when I hear the word reboot, I assume that we're going to get Iron Man and Captain America, Steve Rogers, but different actors mm-hmm. play. That's the point of a reboot. But they can continue, continue this version of MCU mm-hmm. using the X-Men characters because they now have those characters, yeah. um, which we haven't seen yet. So it's a bit stupid to reboot it. Now, after Secret Wars, when you have like pretty much two, three, four phases of X Men to mm-hmm. get through to build to that Avengers vs X Men thing, so maybe yeah. reboot it after that. Mm-hmm. I think when you hear reboot in this, I think it has been uh, described as a soft reboot. So it would continue the events of what's happened in the last six one, but just I think I think in terms of the, the timelines and the multiverse, everyone's going to go back to their universe. The timeline's going to go back as one not all these different timelines. And I think basically Feige is just going to cut the characters that no one's resonating with, that no one likes, and just come in with a scale back massively because there's way too many characters and just have kind of, you know, the core six as we had it with the first Avengers. You can, I think, I think that, I think that's definitely the right approach because it's just way too much in the MCU. We can't keep track of everything now even people like us that follow this kind of news. There's just way too much going on. There's way too much characters. There's not enough time to explore these characters for us to get invested in. And if you want to have the time, then it's too much time for us, the consumer, to be consuming MCU content. We need spaces between it. I think the soft reboot is the right approach. I think they should have had the X-Men in when they got the rights. I don't know why we, what, what are we, what are we waiting for? Oh, no. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't get it. Maybe they've had a plan, I guess, but if they're going to do a soft reboot, I think you need to honor that and actually have some time between secret wars and whatever the next MC movie is like, have your soft reboot and then start from scratch, plan from the beginning. And I guess take five, six, seven, eight years off. I mean, I'm being, I'm being, I'm being serious. We've had, we're constantly hammered with MCU content. Imagine if it goes for five years, 
that like gap. Yeah, you, you're going to be wanting to see more MCU again, just, just like in COVID. In COVID, what COVID was? It's like two and a bit years, but seeing Black Widow was yeah, like, it was two years. Yeah, it was like cool finding MCU on the big screen. Yeah, yeah. So, oh, we didn't get on the big screen because uh, it debuted on Disney Plus. Black Widow, we saw it in theaters. Yeah. Shang Chi and Eternals were doing it. Oh, because that's when we went into lockdown there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So, but that that still wasn't enough time. At that point, I had wanted to see MCU again, but when it came back, it was just oh yeah, this is it. Um, you know, you you know what I mean. I quickly yeah. adapted to it. If it was a longer gap, I would have been like, oh yes, let's go. But yeah, I think I think a soft reboot is the way to go with this. It really depends on how they would do it and like what characters they would want to end. But I think we're discussing this last week. They really need to establish who the Avengers are and yeah. what the team is. What... Who, who's the leader? Yeah, because we don't even know yet. We might know by the end of the Marvels. Um, but yeah, we need a different one. And I mean, speaking of that, you're obviously going to have a, a sequel saga to the Multiverse saga. It will just look very different in terms of the MCU as we know it right now. Do you want do you want the Avengers versus X Men to be kind of the next saga or next phase or after that? Nah, because they still need to take on Galactus. So it might be like a couple phases away. Mm. You think Galactus can work? No, <laughs> no. Uh, Galactus is a being that eats planets and Silver Surfer did a horrendous job of portraying that. Um so I don't think it can work. But yeah. If Thanos can work then I'm sure Kevin Feige can find a way to make Galactus work. Well Thanos is easy to make work. He can stand on the earth. That's true, yeah. And he doesn't eat planets. <laughs> That's true. I don't know. But if there's anyone that could make it work it'll be Feige. But mm. we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. I, I do love the idea of, in terms of the reboot, scaling back and stop having so much characters and power. Like, if Thanos dropped down now to get the Infinity Gauntlet, he'd be destroyed in seconds. Wanda's stronger. You got Gaia now, uh, Jaya, whatever her name is. Uh, you got Captain Marvel. You got so much characters. They could all just come together and destroy him instantly. Yeah, just those three characters alone. Yeah. yeah. In fact, you don't even need the three characters dropping Gaia. She yeah. has every power for every Avenger ever. So. <laughs> I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I just know that, that she's powerful. But yeah, honestly, like you could just... So the threat can't always be like... You can't have your threat always be bigger than the next because at some point it reaches a capacity where it gets to stupid levels like Galactus. Galactus is going to have to be... He's going to have to stand on the ground. Like he can't be standing on the sky and eating things like tennis balls or whatever. But yeah, I don't, I don't know how you do it. But yeah, I, th- I think the soft reboot is the best approach. Bigger and uh, yeah, bigger is not always better, in my opinion. Yeah. Anything else to add on to that one? No. Nah. No? Nah? Just like an MCU. Are you? Um? <laughs> Just end it. So maybe, oh, you want to end the MCU? Right now, end it, yeah. <laughs> so maybe you, maybe you do want to reboot then. It could work, but you still got so much more content to tell. Yeah, 100%. And just more interesting content than what we're getting now. Yeah, I was thinking about the other day. I don't know if you will, like think it's a good idea, but it's just one of those thoughts, you know, when you're driving, that the MCU should be, and I'm not saying I believe in this idea, but the idea MCU rebooted after every saga, which is like three phases. Could you buy into that? Depends on what the reboot is. Well, obviously a comic book storyline covering an entire saga and then phases have other comic book storylines that are smaller, but yeah. Depends how long stuff is. I mean, if it's as long as the first phase which spanned three years, then probably no. But if you talk about a phase as in 10 years, which is Infinity Saga, then yeah, that could work. Yeah, so sagas are the big 10-year-long ones. Just reboot it. So, you know, the first phase is like the origin story to six characters. They come together and then that's the, the Avengers again or something like that. Yeah, that could work. Yeah. Other than this thing that just keeps building bigger and bigger. 
thought that was an idea. Uh, Foggy, take notes. Um, <laughs> nah, uh, but yeah, I am. My thoughts on the MCU are kind of yeah at a at an all time low like you. Although, do watch Loki, man. Loki is really good. Uh, one of the things that the one of the only good things of Marvel lately. Maybe I'll wait till just before the last episode watches, and then I can like binge it in one weekend. Yeah, yeah. And then we'll we'll give it our review. But yes, anyway, that is going to do it for us on today's episode. We hope you enjoyed today's discussion as much as we did. Thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate being a part of your day. If you did like what you heard, follow us on your favorite podcast platform and consider giving us a rating. Stay connected with us on X and YouTube as well. Before we say goodbye, we'd love to hear your thoughts. Did you agree with everything? Should the MCU be rebooted or just carry on as per usual? Whatever it is, whatever you thought, head on over to x at movie gains and yeah flick us a message share your perspective again for 4k movie reviews everything physical media everything oscars box office we cover it all all over on moviegains.com from there you can also sign up to our weekly email newsletter to stay up to date with everything that we do thanks again for joining us we'll catch you next time keep bringing the hype peace see you later